0: This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. All right, and I am your host today, John Rush, Ready Radio, also host of Rush to Reason. You hear that weekdays from 3 to 7, Drive Radio on Saturdays from 10 to 1, and of course Fix It Radio, which is right before Drive Radio on Saturdays as well. From 9 to 10. I want to thank all of our great sponsors, by the way, that make this program happen each and every week. RoofMax, Novus, Colorado Greenhouse Builders, Absolute Electrical, Heating, and Air. And if you'd like to join the team of sponsors, please reach out and let me know. I would love to have you. And you can do that by going to ready-radio.com, ready-radio.com. Or you can send me uh, an email directly. It's john, J-O-H-N, at ready-radio.com. Dot .com that's another easy way to do it. So if you're interested in being a sponsor and joining us on a routine basis, feel free to do that and we'd love to have you. There're certain things you of course have to meet and our approvals and so on, but typically those of you that listen on a routine basis and know what we're all about, that's usually not a big issue. All right, today I want to talk about something that I've actually been putting off. I haven't really uh, we've had other things that we've, you know, gone through and interviews we've had and so on. And today's show will be sort of one of those you know, evergreen shows, I guess you would call it. So this is one that Charlie and I will potentially use on down the road again as we have holidays and things like that. But today it's the best bug-out weapons and accessories. And when I say weapons, it's not just guns. There are several things that we'll get into and talk about. But the best bug-out weapons and accessories. Now, if there's something that you would like to include or you feel like maybe i'm off in my thought process because no i don't know everything and none of us know you know what's going to happen if we end up in a particular situation where you know we're having to bug out in other words you got to leave your home what are you packing up and taking with you that's what we mean by bug out so you know this could be for an evacuation you know fire evacuation what are you going to take with you it could be for the end of the world the apocalypse it could be for you know, an EMP strike, it could be for you name it. There's all sorts of things that might, might put you in a situation where you're bugging out and leaving. And again, we all try to prepare for those events, but not knowing fully what those events are going to entail. So as much as you try to plan ahead, think ahead, try to determine what it is you're going to need to have with you, frankly, folks, until you go through that type of an experience, you really don't have any idea what you're going to need. We can think about it, and, and I'm not, it's not, not, that's why we're here, by the way, Radio Radio on a weekly basis to talk through these things. But, again, these are conversations. These are things to talk about. And I will put a disclaimer into this. Everybody's different. And what I mean by that is even we get into data talking about weapons, what particular weapon might work for you might not for me. And vice versa. And a lot of this comes down to, and I I read some things on this particular article or this particular topic, some articles on it before coming on today, and there was really some great advice. There was some not-so-great advice, but then there was some great advice as well. And one of them was, I read this in an article, and I thought, this is pretty good on the writer's part. If you have success with something, and you feel like you can defend yourself and or hunt, fish, do whatever it is that you're going to do with that item... Don't, don't screw it up. Just because somebody else says, oh, no, that's the, wrong, that's the wrong gun. That's the wrong caliber. That's the wrong whatever. If it works for you, then it's good enough. Anything that will fire a projectile lethal enough to kill an animal or even a human with the right accuracy is fine. I'm going to say that again. Any type of a weapon that will fire a projectile with enough accuracy to either kill an animal so you can eat or defend yourself against another human, in my book, is fine. There is some marksman uh, shooters with slingshots, okay? David brought down Goliath with the, with the slingshot, folks. You, you don't have to get super fancy in this area to defend yourselves. And again, I, I also know it's not like the movies where you see people do things with things that are, it's in fact CGI in the movies and it's not real life. Although you've also seen real life videos and things of people defending themselves with things that actually work. So we're going to get into some of those today. If you, again, if you've got suggestions along those lines, and it doesn't have to be a gun. What we're looking for is things that would travel easily either on your person or in whatever type of vehicle you're going to travel in. And that's a whole other conversation that I'll get to here in the future as well. What do you do on the vehicle side? I, I really, how should I say this, uh, Charlie? When you talk about things like we do on drive radio all the time, I tend to forget about the vehicle side. It's sort of like I'm in that world constantly. I don't really think much about sharing the vehicle side when it comes to you know the preparation side. and. I, I will dedicate a show here in the not-too-distant future to that. You know, what, what makes a better vehicle than another? And there, th- this is a, a conversation actually on the vehicle side that will take more than a week to even cover because there's so many facets of it. But today we're going to talk about the actual, you know, weapons and accessories. Now, to dovetail this, back to the conversation a moment ago about the particular vehicle A lot of this does depend on the vehicle that you may or may not be able to travel in. And I'm not saying that this list is inclusive. You can add or subtract from it. But I also believe that depending upon the vehicle, the size, you know, what you're going to be. Are you traveling on a motorbike? Are you traveling on uh, ATV, RTV? You know, the side-by-sides. An old Jeep. A truck. An SUV, you know, what is it that you have that you're going to, you know, quote, unquote, dedicate towards this? And then I would say start building around that. Uh, and I, I don't have anybody coming on for this. I didn't know about it. Scott Watley actually sent me a, a uh, kind of, a, I guess, a press release, you could say. There's a pre- preparedness show. The Self-Reliance Expo is, I, I think, coming up to, it's I think, Salt Lake City. Actually, there's one coming to Aurora as well. So there's one in Salt Lake, and there's one also coming to Aurora as well. Arapahoe County Fairgrounds next Saturday, the 30th. And I will do my best to reach out to these folks and see if we can't even get them on any of the shows. I don't know what their schedule's like, but potentially get them on one of our shows and see how we can do that. So I'll work on that. But there's a preparedness show coming up next Saturday, Arapahoe County Fairgrounds. It's the Self Reliance Expo, which, by the way, I've broadcast from before long. Charlie probably remembers long ago. We did a drive radio show from there many, many moons ago. And it's, again, still there, probably more popular now than it's ever been. But, again, there, there's more and more people that are getting into this, not in that, you know, end of the world. You know, the apocalypse is here. The rapture took place, and I'm still behind. I got left behind. That's That's a movie. That might be one of the bingeable movies, Charlie. You could watch that we're going to talk about in rush to reason but uh, at any rate what vehicle how are you going to travel and and as i was going to say you may want to even look at this as i've got you know plan a and plan b plan a is i've got a vehicle i've got the ability to, to move around be mobile drive and so on or i'm going to be on bike foot whatever the case may be how am i going to do it if that's the case so you may, you may go through this and think, okay, I've got two different things here that I need to be looking at and then be prepared for it. I also can't tell you, nor can anyone, how much time will you have to make those decisions when something happens? Is it going to be made in a split second or is it? are you going to have several hours to decide? Folks, I don't know. And if somebody has that crystal ball and can tell us, I would love to meet them because... I don't think anyone knows. You look at the wildfires and what happened up in the Boulder area, and even some of the things that have gone on these past few days with evacuations and so on. The reality is you may have seconds. We saw a video of people in the Marshall Fire where literally they were running in, grabbing their pets, a few family photos, you know, maybe a laptop, and exiting as quickly as they could because literally the fire was coming that quickly. So you may have minutes. You may have seconds or you might have several hours. And, and I, folks, I don't know. So how you plan for that is, is going to have a lot to do with you, your setup, your house, your storage area, you know, garage, attic, basement, whatever it happens to be, you know, tool shed, you name it. This is going to be kind of up to you as to how you do these things. But let's start with guns. Yes, guns. And if you guys didn't know this from listening to to uh any of my shows ready radio drive radio fix it radio or rush to reason as well this of course being ready radio I'm a gun nut I I'm one of those guys where I own some guns I've I'm a collector I've never fired those are not the guns you would take with you by the way you want guns going back to the Original part of the conversation. You want guns that you're going to be familiar with. You're not, you're never going to bug out with a gun you've never shot. Bad idea, by the way. You've not practiced. You don't know it. You don't, in some cases, you don't even know all the functionality of it unless it's, you know, a a, a clone to maybe one of the other models you have. And I get that. But if you've never fired the gun, probably not one I'm going to bug out with. Here's a few suggestions. And again, this really gets personal. So I always hate to make blanket statements because some of you listening will say, oh, no, well, I've got such and such, and it's my favorite. It may very well be. And you know what? For you, that might be okay. I'm just giving some generalities here of things I think you should have, but this is not an all-inclusive specific list. So as much as the... Powers that be, and I think this is partially why they don't want you to have these, but I think a really good weapon to take with you is an AR-15, either a, a 5.56 or a three hundred eight. It doesn't matter what it's chambered in. That's your call. Depends on what you've got for ammo, what you're used to. Again, what are you used to shooting? What have you shot before, in, including that particular gun? You're not going to be able to carry four or five of them, so if you have one, probably going to be enough. I would also include with that several high-capacity magazines, and I'll get into the ammo in a minute. But I'm one that says, yes, do an AR-15 the way you would want it, the right. We, for those of you maybe that don't know, all of the armament that goes on to an AR-15, we call that the furniture. So what we mean by armament is the stock, the grip, the handles, all of the things that you see attached to the actual metal part of an AR-15, we call that the furniture. Put whatever furniture on it you want, whatever works for you. That's the beautiful thing about an AR-15, that that the powers that be probably understand and why they don't like the gun in the first place, by the way. Another full conversation we could have at a later date, but they don't like the AR-15 because of how customizable it is. You literally can make it do whatever you want it to. Again, partially why I feel those that are in power don't want you to have it. I also would look highly at not just that particular AR15, but I would then look at a 22 long rifle, either 22 long rifle, 22 mag depends on what kind of ammo you have and so on. They also make AR15s chambered in 22 long rifle. By the way, not a bad weapon to have, especially when it comes to survival if you you know, have to go shoot some small game and things like that. It ends up being a very reliable weapon for that. Again, you can buy those chambered in 22 long rifle. Now, when it comes to the 22 rifle end of things, which by the way, I feel like a 22 rifle even over an AR15 is probably as good of a all-around rifle to carry for what we're talking about as anything. Are you going to shoot something at 1000 yards? No. Are you going to use a twenty two and even shoot something at 100 yards? Probably not. 50 yards and under, can you be very deadly with a twenty two? Yes, you can. And by the way, that includes even shooting, you know, whether it be, you know, small game, whether it be shooting even some big game, depending upon where you shoot them at, how close you are and so on, a, a twenty two can do a lot more damage than most people give it credit for. It is still a firearm, folks and the nice thing about 22s is you can carry a lot of rounds of ammo in a very compact place. You know, one ammo can would have thousands plural rounds of ammo in it in a 22, you know, chambered in a 22. Far more than you're going to get in a 223 or 556, I should say either way. So, a good 22 and again, I go back to the comfortability If that's AR-15, great. I, for example, I I don't know why, I guess just growing up and I've had some of these for a very long time, I love the Winchester lever action 22 rifles. Why? They're functional, they're reliable, they're easy to shoot. Uh, For me personally, they just fit very well. Uh, It's just one of those weapons that when you go to shoot it, you're pretty much dead on even with open sights. You can put scopes on them if you want. Again, it's not quite as versatile as what you're going to find in an AR15 chambered in a 22 long rifle, but a lever action, Winchester 22, you know they'll hold, uh, I don't know, 12 or more rounds and pretty much do whatever you want to do. Again, they make those in a 22 mag or a 22 long rifle either way. Now something else that I feel you should have with any of these rifles which, again, is something that I don't even see a lot of folks talking about in these these forums and in the community end of things, is a sling. You know, if you're going to be out and about looking for food and hunting, you're going to need a sling. You don't need a sling for every rifle, by the way, unless more than one person's going to be with you. And they then need a sling, but they make these quick disconnects, and a lot of you have seen these, but they make quick disconnects a push button with your thumb type. If you haven't seen those, look them up. They're very easy to put on your your gun and it's easy to put a sling on at that point. Point being, as long as you have the quick disconnect on each one of your weapons, one sling's all you need. Make it comfortable. I don't care how it is. I don't care what it's made out of. Leather, neoprene, nylon, whatever works for you. Just make it comfortable. And I will tell you there's a lot of really uncomfortable slings and there's a lot of really great You know, slings that work very well. Again, keep it simple. You don't need anything super fancy. And for those of you that are really handy, yes, I know you can even take a rope and make a sling out of it. But for those that aren't super handy, the ability to just have a sling that just, you know, really snaps on and off is something that I think you also need to look at. I've got more on this that we're going to talk about. I want to get into ammo here in just one minute. If you want to join the conversation, what's your favorite weapon? When it comes to a bug out, 303-477-5600. You can text us as well, 307 200 8222 Again, the call-in line, direct here to the studio, 303-477-5600, or call the text line, 307 200 8222 We'll be right back, though. This is Ready Radio, KLZ 560. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air not only handles all of your electrical and HVAC needs, they can also help you get ready for the what-ifs of life. When the mustard gas is filling your neighborhood, you'll want a HEPA filter to keep your family safe. When the napalm catches your neighbor's trees on fire, you'll still be breathing clean fresh smokeless air with your Solus Air HEPA filter. With a combination of our generators and air filters, your family won't miss the conveniences of modern society no matter what the circumstances are. So for all your electrical heating and cooling needs, give them a call today at 720-526-0231 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, a major sponsor of fix it radio drive radio and of course ready radio for quality and service beyond compare call absolute electrical heating and air Call Dave Hart at 303-710-6916 or visit our website, fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. All right, we are back. Ready Radio, and I should also say Novus Auto Glass. I need to uh, add a tagline to that ad where you can also find them at Ready hyphen But Novus is one of our great sponsors. Pretty much find him anywhere you would like on any of the different uh, radio shows that I do. And I got a message, by the way, from Mickey up at Sterling Novus, up in Sterling, Colorado, that said his favorite bug-out vehicle would be a 68 VW Beetle Baja with a roof rack and, of course, a very beefy front bumper. And I can't argue with that one. Old enough that most things aren't going to affect it strong enough to go pretty much wherever you want to, easy enough to work out on in the field if need be. Great vehicle, great choice. Mickey again up at Sterling in or Novus and Sterling, Colorado. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. Which by the way, those guys are doing window tint and several other things now too. So if you need anything done along those lines, uh, go up there and see the guys at Novus and Sterling and ask about if you're doing window tint, ask about the new ceramic tint. Uh, In fact, I'm going to talk about that on Drive Radio, not this week, but next. Kent from up there is going to join me, and we'll get into what that ceramic tint actually is. But go back to Ready Radio and the best bug-out weapons. And again, if you've got one of your own choices, like Mickey had on the car, let me know. 303-477-5600 or the text line 307-200-8222. So real quick before I jump into the ammo end of things, there's a couple of other weapons that I feel like, I feel is a necessity. So whether you have an AR-15 or equivalent or a Ruger 1022, Winchester lever action, whatever you've got on the 22 end of things. And by the way, there is a, a laundry list of great 22 rifles that would fit into that. It's what are you the most used to? I really don't care what it is. Is it robust? Will it last? That's all that matters. Now, I also think you need to add a good pistol to the list. Now, this is another one that literally gets about as long as the vehicle choice does. Bottom line, high capacity. I'm going to say 9mm. I know a lot of people are going to argue because there's a lot of other calibers that work, but let me... Let me explain why why I say 9mm. Biggest reason I'm saying 9mm is as you start traveling around, and let's say that there is a big event that knocks you out of your home, an EMP strikes something along those lines, and you're on foot, or you're even traveling by a vehicle that does work at that point. And you start to run low on the existing ammo that you took with you because, again, you can't take it all, nor would you want to. As you're out and about, the most common calibers that you're going to find out there, whether it be in stores or other people's leftover belongings, okay? because they're going to bug out too, in most cases, we're going to at some point get into, you know, how do you, you know, handle things where you're defending yourself or somebody's defending them. How does all that work? Which I really hope we never get to as a society. But hey, after this last couple of years, I'm not banking on anything. What I am talking about when it comes to calibers though, are want using ones where ammo is not scarce, but ammo is in abundance. That would be a nine millimeter or 5.56, five, 2.23, or 22, or even even on you know high-powered rifles, 30-06, for example. Anything where you have a pretty good feeling there's going to be an abundance of that particular caliber. Because there's a gazillion calibers on the market, I get it, I understand that. But you don't want some boutique caliber that... You're going to then have to run around and try to find ammo for once you run out. We want, we want ammo that's really accessible. Somebody also just texted in and said one of the best bug-out vehicles would be the Deuce and a Half that I worked on in my Army days. Yes, another great vehicle if you can find one and, and use that. Yes. Again, we're going to do a whole show on the vehicle side of it. So keep those coming, and I'll just add them to our list as well. Back to calibers. Again, pistol, nine millimeter. Another reason for nine millimeter is in most weapons, Glock or the equivalent, which again, for a bug out weapon, Glock probably one of my top choices. Why? Because it's about as reliable as it gets. Easy to take care of, easy to break down, easy to clean. Pretty hard not to you know, pretty hard to screw that one up, I guess I'm trying to say. And in nine millimeter, you know, you can even add the the extra Uh, magazine capacity if you want to, even to the bottom of a current magazine and get, you know, 19, 20, 21 shots out of it. Just depends on how you equip it. In fact, there's some of those where you can put a really, really long magazine and get, you know, 50 if you want. A little hard to carry around when you do that, but you get my drift. There's even some really weird stuff out there where you can even make a little rifle out of a Glock. Again, I'm not saying for a bug-out weapon that's what I would use. I'm not a particular big fan of 9mm in a rifle. I own a couple of those just for novelty's sake. Not really, in my opinion, what I would want to take and use for a rifle. Will it get the job done? Yes. Is it my favorite? No. But having a handgun on you, and I would say even a couple of them because they're so small and easy to pack and take with you, that having two or three would not be a bad thing. I also read, again, in preparation for this, some articles where guys were talking about some of the really small conceal, like a Ruger LCP. Just between all of us, I hate that gun. It's too small, too hard to handle. I know a lot of folks like it for concealed carry. I'm not one of those, by the way. If, you, if I'm going to, you know, especially in this particular case— If I'm going to defend myself, hunt, do things along those lines, I don't want an LCP. Give me a small Glock, even, for that matter, but I don't want an LCP. Just me. I think that gun bites, and it's just not my favorite. So, sorry, Ruger, and I love Rugers, by the way, but that one is not my favorite. I've owned one and got rid of it back in the day, if that tells you anything. A lot of folks love it. Fine. Again, teach his own. And again, everything we're talking about here, make sure you're out actually shooting these weapons and you know what you like the best. The other caliber that I really do like, although it's not always the easiest to find ammunition, although it's getting better and better, but in this particular case, I think I would still rather have a 9mm than say a 40 Smith & Wesson. A 45, yeah, that works as well. There'll be there'll be plenty of 45 ammo around. The problem with a 45 is you don't get much ammo capacity in the gun itself. You can carry a lot of extra with you, of course, but, you know, you take a nineteen, eleven, seven shots, nine shots, even with an extended mag, not probably my favorite for what we're talking about. In a situation where something has happened and you're defending yourself, the chances of you being dead on accurate and not wasting a few rounds because you're not super accurate, I think is very high. To me, that's where the higher-capacity 9mm comes into play over a 45. If you're one of those persons that's steady no matter what and you can handle anything that comes along adversity-wise, okay, fine, a 1911 might be great for you, but you're going to be one of the few that's that way. Most people, until they're used to this lifestyle that we're talking about, if this, in fact, ever does come to that, they would find themselves, especially early on, very nervous in most situations. I'm a 1911 fan, by the way. It's one of my favorite guns. I collect those, by the way. I love them. Great gun. Would it be my bug-out gun? Probably not. Why? Because of what I just said. Yes, very reliable in the field, easy to take down, easy to take care of. Most always, you know, they're the type of, of guns, especially the the uh, uh, the higher reliable—I mean, Make sure I say that correctly. There's a lot of 1911s. There's even some imported that, yeah, they're okay. Not my favorite, but they can all be tweaked and handled and and done up and so on. And I get it. But I go back to whatever gun you're the most comfortable with. And by the way, if that's a 1911 and you're used to shooting it and you want to carry a few extra magazines around, fine. Just remember what I said a moment ago. When the crap hits the fan and you're up against a foe and you're going to defend yourself and your family are you going to be able to do it with seven rounds and then can you switch magazines quickly enough to make it even 14 rounds where one Glock would have all of that and then some without switching magazines. I hope I'm making sense in what I'm saying and and I'm not saying again that a 1911 is a bad choice. It's actually what I like shooting the most, but it's not my favorite choice for this. So, Again, whatever handgun you feel is best for you, that would be fine. Now, somebody also just mentioned, you know, a, a shotgun. It's on my list, by the way, 12-gauge shotgun. And somebody, I think, sent in and said an 870. I don't care if it's an 870, 1100, a Mossberg, or whatever. If it shoots, I don't care. Honestly, I don't care. Makes no difference to me. Whatever, you're, whatever you feel the safest with. Could be an inexpensive Mossberg with a synthetic stock. If, if if you like that and it works for you, I, I don't care. Again, doesn't matter to me. Do I think a shotgun's a good bug out, you know, a bug out weapon to have? Yes. Why? The list is endless. Whether it be doing some hunting with it, whether it be self defense, whatever you name it, the downside to shotguns, there's a pro and a con. The downside is the ammo's heavy. You, talk, you start talking about the twenty two, even for shooting small game, versus a shotgun, and the amount of ammo you can carry around for the twenty two versus the shotgun is probably 10 to 1. Might be even bigger than that as far as the, the spread goes. That's the downside to a shotgun. Ammo's heavy and bulky. You're not going to be able to carry as much of it, is my point. Now, can you throw three or four boxes in, in your, your bug-out vehicle? Sure. But if you're walking... I'm probably leaving the shotgun behind. Just being honest. Why? I don't want to pack around all that ammo. I'd rather carry you know five, six boxes of 22 and have a couple of, even on a pistol, have a 22 pistol and a 22 rifle, and even leave all the rest of it behind. if you're going to be walking. Why? Because it's easier to carry. It's light. And that's the other thing I would look at on the pistol side, some of the 22 pistols that are out there, and again, the list is endless. Ruger Kel-Tec, on down the line we go. What, you know what's light, what works? What can you carry? What are you accurate with? in a way you go. You know, what's easy? I've got one of the, the NRA special 22s that they made back in the day. It's all aluminum except for the barrel, of course, very lightweight weapon, but very easy gun to carry around. high capacity, 22, very accurate, away you go. Again, what what works for you? I don't care what makes you safe, what's going to work for you. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Now, holsters. We'll get to ammo in a minute. But keep in mind, I talked about slings a moment ago. The same is now going to be true for holsters in whatever that gun is you own. I go back to the Glock versus the 45. The weight difference between that 1911 and the Glock, it's two different things. Again, if you're in the car, doesn't matter you can carry the extra ammo on the 45. You've got the 1911, you're in good shape. If you're out walking though, give me the Glock and the holster that goes with it. Because the the difference in weight and the and you know the length of time you may be carrying it, it doesn't take long for a 1911 to get heavy. The Ruger, you know, the the and again there's many equivalents to the Glock. Ruger's got them, you know, they are HK and K. I can go down the line. Again, what are you comfortable with? What works for you? But remember, you're going to need to carry it. If, in fact, you're going to be out and about, what holster do you have that's going to carry said weapon? On you? Belt? Inside? Outside? Are you going to conceal it? Does it matter at this point? How are you going to do that? I am also somebody that believes if you're going to have a vehicle— in this particular situation, there are now a bunch of what I call interior holsters. Some of them are just big magnets that allow you to stick the slide underneath the dash, the slide of the weapon under the dash, and actually have a pistol at hand right away. And in the situation we're talking about, would that be a good add-on to you know this portfolio of items? Definitely. Definitely. Some of them, the slide actually sticks to the actual device that you mount to the bottom of the dash or the side of the console. Again, take your pick. There's numerous ones of these out there. Just figure out what's easy and simple. There's one little item or one little key phrase I put at the bottom of today's notes. In any case of what we're talking about, kiss it. Keep it simple, stupid. Don't make things more complicated than they need to be. Because when this stuff happens, when the crisis hits and you're in crisis mode, you want things as simple and easy to use as possible. The less dinking around you do, the better off you're going to be. That includes all of the things I just mentioned, including the holsters, how you're mounting a gun inside the the car, all of that. And as we get down the line here talking about cars, we'll even get into some of those things that are made to even keep all of this stuff in your vehicle ready to go. But the holster thing is a big deal. I want to talk about ammo when I come back and a few other things along these lines as well, some other tools and so on. Real quick, though, because I was reminded of this this morning, having an eye appointment. If you're a contact wearer like myself, either have enough extras of those to bring with you. And keep in mind, there's only a limited supply of how long those will last In other words, if you're like me and you need glasses to see, you better have glasses, an extra pair or two. In fact, you might think about having a prescription set of reading, you know, seeing glasses, clear is what I mean to say, and probably a sunglass pair if you really need, like myself, I can't see distance at all. I would need, you know, prescription sunglasses to see without my contacts in. And again, contacts are are not going to be long term. You could take an extra case with you, which is six in a case. But again, eventually, you know, you got to have the solution and everything to go with it. It's just extra weight and things you're dinking with. And, you know, you got to have clean hands when you do those things or you end up with an eye infection. And again, these are things you don't want down the road. So you have to think through that. What does it take for you to see? In preparation for today's show, I was actually at the eye eye doctor this morning and they asked me, "Do you want a prescription for glasses or contacts?" I said, "How about both?" Doesn't cost me any more to have. Actually, the contacts are more than just getting a glasses prescription. So I said, "I, I can I have both?" Oh yeah, we'll we'll write you the glasses prescription. That's easy. We may very well, by the way, have a sponsor coming on in the near future that does eyewear, and that will keep you informed of that as we get closer to that. But if uh, if I if it were me, and it is, I would get a prescription for both. I'm going to wear contacts as long as I can because they're easier, in my opinion. I see better. But you better have a set of glasses on hand just in case. And I know a lot of folks do, but I'll be the first to tell you, I don't. My last prescription of glasses was like seven, eight years ago. I haven't worn a pair of glasses in that long. Since I started wearing contacts, That those things went in the drawer, and I haven't pulled them out since. I never wear them. I wear contacts all the way until I go to bed, take them out. Go to bed, get up the next morning, put them back in, and away we go. Clean, of course. But these are things to be thinking about in those times. How are you going to not just get around, but how are you going to see? goes back to some of the medication and things we've talked about here in the past as well, which, by the way, should also be we've talked about in the bug-out bag. Today we're talking about weapons. Yes, I mentioned vision. Why? Because if you can't see, you can't shoot. can't defend yourself. And if you're one of those, by the way, that needs bifocals to read— you, you probably should figure out how to shoot without any anything on your eyes. If you have a hard time seeing distance, then you're going to need glasses at all times even to shoot. Get where I'm going with this? As we get older, these are things to think about that, by the way, a lot of you young guys don't have to think through. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Anything for us you want to add to this conversation, 303-477-5600, Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air not only handles all of your electrical and HVAC needs, they can also help you get ready for the what ifs of life. When the mustard gas is filling your neighborhood, you'll want a HEPA filter to keep your family safe. When the napalm catches your neighbor's trees on fire, you'll still be breathing clean, fresh, smokeless air with your Solus Air HEPA filter. With a combination of our generators and air filters, your family won't miss the conveniences of modern society, no matter what the circumstances are. So for all your electrical heating and cooling needs, give them a call today at 720 526 0 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's Absolute Electrical, Heating, and Air, a major sponsor of Fix-It Radio, Drive Radio, and, of course, Ready Radio. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical, Heating, and Air. Call Dave Hart at 303-710-6916 or visit our website, fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local, family owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. All right, we're back. Ready Radio. By the way, great sponsors of ours. We appreciate it very much from all of them, folks, whether it be Annette out at Color Greenhouse Builders, which you heard about a moment ago, Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, Novus Auto Glass, Sterling Aurora, Fort Collins, uh, Roof Max, of course, my good friend Dave Hart, you name it, we've got you covered, and you can find all those sponsors. Just go to ready-radio.com. If you ever have a question, please let us know. Somebody else also called in during the break and is going to give us a link to a great sling that she knows a lot about and actually was developed by a SEAL team member. So, it, her husband actually. So, as I learn more about that, believe me, I'll come back on and share that with you as time goes by here. So, and, and that goes for all of you. If you have any suggestions along those lines at all, please, please, you know, email, text, whatever. The text line 307 200 8222. 307 200 8222. Somebody also said another good uh, topic. This is great. Thank you for this. Would be bug out destinations. Where do you go? National forest? Relative or a friend's house? Cabin in the woods? That's a topic, an hour topic by the way, all in and of itself. I'll get into that. I'm good. Thank you for that. I'll add that to my list of future topics. So thank you. I'll put that on my list. I appreciate that. Yeah, where do you bug out to? What's your plan? Where are you going? Real quick, I should also mention, we've talked about this numerous times, but as a family, where are you all meeting? If something were to happen, Friday afternoon, it's almost 3 o'clock, something happens, you know, in my case, I'm in Aurora, my boys are clear up north, wife's in Golden, where's the meeting place? Where do you go? Charlie's coming with me, so I'm dragging him along, and we'll have to figure out where to go. But, you know, where are you going if something happens? What's the plan? And do you have enough with you to make it there? I personally do. Pretty much carry it with me at all times. Yeah, my little backpack bag I carry with me is pretty heavy, but I pretty much have enough in there to make it a few days if I had to. Do you is the question. All right, one thing I wanted to talk about. We've gone through guns, everything from the rifle, the shotgun, potentially the pistol. I'm still one that says rifle, pistol, you got to have. It's almost a given. Shotgun, it varies, depends. Ammo. And I am one that in this particular case, do not skimp, do not save, but you bring with you the highest quality ammo you have. And what I mean by that is first run, top of the line, whatever your favorite brand is that you know fires every time, that's what you're going to take. Don't don't skimp in this area. Why? Because down the road, your life might depend on that ammo that you're dragging around with you. And you want to have high quality. Now, you also want to have the ability to carry it I go back to are you going to be carrying it on your back are you going to be in the car with it if in fact cars run got a text message from somebody a moment ago says I'm not leaving home well what if you don't have a choice that's a great saying thank you I'm kind of the same this particular person said I've got 300 yards of clear fields of fire in any direction yeah a lot some do what if that house isn't there anymore what if you don't have a choice what if it was the target of somebody burning it down, or, or, or? I can go down the list. Again, these are, these are why you've got to think through these things, folks. What if the house is no longer there? What are you doing then? What's the plan? We're going to talk about that other topic that somebody texted in on. What's the destination even going to be? Where are you headed? I don't plan on leaving either if I don't have a, you know, unless I don't have a choice. I'm not bugging out either, although... If things get to the point where you don't have any choice, you're going to bug out. And again, we've all seen those movies where it's total desolation. Am I saying it's ever going to get that way? I hope not, folks. I really, I hope and pray not. But I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know, folks. I really don't. The way things are headed in our world today, I, I don't have a good answer for you on that. I don't know. If you read any of the You know, scripture along these lines, it it could get pretty tough, folks. It could get really tough. So I don't know. Be prepared. That's why we're doing this show every single Friday. All right, so back to the ammo. How are you going to carry it? How are you storing it? Is it going in a backpack, duffel bag, ammo can? What are you doing? In the vehicle, by the way, one of the cool things that have come out recently that I think could double for this, and a lot of you tool guys know this, the Milwaukee pack system, when it comes to some of the things I'm talking about, great way to use some of those packs, which they've even got dollies for now to make even wheeling this stuff in and out very, very easily. And some of you could even mount the trays in the vehicle to where the pack snaps down onto the tray and off you go. One fell swoop, pick up that whole assembly, stick it in the car, the trunk, the SUV, the pickup, whatever it is, snap it down, lock it in, off you go. I don't think folks are thinking of these packs in that manner because these packs are really designed for tools and you know holding you know different fasteners and screws and things like that. But when it comes to ammo and even the things that we're talking about, could you use those packs in that manner? Packouts are called Milwaukee Packouts. And by the way, most of those tool companies are coming up with their own of those. DeWalt. Milwaukee, on down the line we go. I, again, I don't care. Take your pick. How are you going to do it? Come up with a plan, and then make it work. On top of all the things we've just talked about, I'm going to try to squeeze all this in in time. Gun cleaning. Going to have guns. You got to be able to clean them. What are you going to do with that? Is it going to be in your pack out? Going to be in your backpack? That not be anything fancy, but you have you do need the ability to clean your gun periodically. And you need to have whatever it is for the calibers that you're carrying. That's where keeping things similar. For example, the AR fifteen and the two twenty-three or the twenty-two, that becomes a very easy cleaning kit for those two rifles and even a pistol. Nine millimeter, of course, would be different. But an easy cleaning kit. Cases. Not pack out as far as ammo, but cases for the guns themselves. If you're going to be in a vehicle, I'd want to have those things in cases or encased so they don't get knocked around, rattled around, sights get knocked off and all that. You want to be able to shoot what you have and have it stay safe. What are you going to do with that? How's it going to work? And then, of course, if you're on foot, what's it going to be? Back to the sling thing we talked about earlier. Charlie's got that info that I'll share with folks as I check that out in the future as well. But how are you gonna store that, whether it be SUV, motorcycle, ATV, you name it, how are you storing it? Another item that I think should be in every this is this is also you know coming into the weapon end of it is a knife. Not necessarily a bayonet for the you know for the front of the barrel of the gun, but a knife for protection, skinning, cleaning of game. I think a bone saw or a saw to cut wood is also something worth having. It goes back to how are you going to survive? This is not just about keeping yourself alive and protected from other humans, but this is also how are you going to protect yourself from wildlife or, and or kill it and eat it to stay alive. How's that going to work? Do you have everything on you necessary to make that happen? A Leatherman. Most of you know what that is. They come in different flavors as well. I have one with me at almost all times. A Leatherman. Handy little toolkit, pair of pliers. There's a knife. There's some screwdrivers. Pretty much whatever you'd need to get by. It's not going to you know, be the end all as far as tools go, but is there enough there to get you by? Typically speaking, yes. Why a lot of folks like myself carry those around on a regular basis. The other thing you'd want to have, too, when it comes to the bug out for the weapon side of it is a small tool kit for your guns. And most of these little tool kits have... Uh, typically a universal-type screwdriver with different bits where you can tighten sights, make adjustments, you know, tighten some screws, take something apart if need be to clean it, you name it, some little small tool kit. Typically, they'll fit inside of your pocket or your backpack, whatever, and that should be part of this kit as well. One other thing I would take, and I know this is going to sound funny to a lot of folks, but I would take a small fishing rod and reel with some tackle. You are going to try to survive. If you're away from home, There's a stream or a river nearby and there's fish in it. How are you going to get the fish out? Even the old, you know, telescoping, you know, pocket fishermen's or whatever they used, anything where you can get a lure or something into the water and be able to catch a fish would be very, very handy. Remember, the old rules on how many days without water, how many days without food, you're going to need to supplement the granola bars you have in your backpack after so many days. How are you going to do that? I also think, back to the vision thing we talked about a few minutes ago, having a good set of binoculars and or a spotting scope or both with you. Again, it depends on if you're walking or if you're driving. But a small pair of binoculars, they make some really great, nice pocket Anymore, the binocular world has come so far. Optics have come so far, I should say. Having a small pair of binoculars that you can carry around with you. Again, to see distance, what's over the horizon, you know, what's down that hill. Not just in regard to animals, but what about people? What's going on? What can you see in a distance and so on? Those are things that you really need to be looking at as well. Somebody also said, by the way, this is great. If you're not a hunter, you should know the basics of gutting an animal or a fish. Great point, by the way. Thank you. You should know those basics. If you've never been taught, you need to learn. How do you gut an animal? A rabbit? A snake? A fish? An elk? A deer? How, how, how do you get it to where you've got safe meat to eat at the end of the day? If you it, no sense killing it if you can't clean it and eat it properly and have, keep it safe. And, by the way, when it comes to especially big game, you really need to get them Gutted and the meat cooled as quickly as possible. That will preserve the meat much, much longer. And I'm not talking, you know, it used to always bug me when you see somebody shoot a deer, they strap it to the hood of the car, drive someplace, then gut it. It should be gutted wherever it was shot. That's how I was taught. You don't drag that thing around all over creation and then gut it. That's how meat tastes awful. And honestly, that's how you can get sick. You want to eat it as quickly or you want to gut it as quickly as you can. Oh, somebody also said a belt flashlight. Great idea, by the way. Great idea. That's not in this list of mine today, but a lot of you guys with weapons have the ability and even have some of these weapons where you've got a flashlight built on to the weapon. Not a bad idea. So I go back to the you know small toolkit, small fishing rod and reel, know how to gut clean an animal. And if you don't know, learn. It's really easy. I talked about the glasses earlier, you know, myself using myself as an example with going to the eye doctor today and having multiple sets of glasses, especially in this case. I'd have at least one pair of regular glasses that you can see and read with and a pair of sunglasses you can take with you so that if you're somebody like me that wears contacts, you've got the ability to see at all times. Last but not least, I'll close with this. I said this earlier. Reliability being the key to all of this. Do not get super fancy. I've learned through the years, whether it be cars or guns, the fancier, the less reliable. The more basic things are, the more reliable it ends up being at the end of the day. That's the key to survival down the road is keeping it simple, keeping it reliable, and knowing what you have. And then, frankly, being able to use it and live with that afterwards we got more to come in the weeks ahead. I'll take some of these suggestions that you guys texted in today, and I'll put those into our notes for future shows. But, again, thank you for listening. I appreciate it very much. Ready Radio. You can find all of this and more at ready-radio.com. All of our great sponsors as well, which, again, Novus, Auto Glass, Calvert Greenhouse Builders, Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, Roof Max. Thank you guys so much. We'll be back, though. We've got... uh, Rush to Reason coming up here in just one minute, so don't go anywhere. Movie reviews will be up. Don't go anywhere. This is KLZ 560. The views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country Station.